Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Objective brought to you by the Ayn Rand Center UK, where we apply the practical philosophy of objectivism to everything. And what's in our sights today but Russell Brand making news all over the world, especially in the UK, for something like four allegations of sexual misconduct, at least one allegation of rape. He's uh, he's put a little video on Twitter denying the allegations, saying they're very serious. He's not going to talk too much about them because they're so serious. But he's definitely in the sights of the Me Too movement. And to help us unpack the this issue, probably just the history of uh, Brand first, then we're going to deal with uh, some more particulars later on uh, in the show immediately after this, is Razi Ginsburg. Razi, I just found out that's the way to pronounce his name, uh, by the way. Did I do that okay, Razi, or did I screw it up? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, our, our many fans in Brazil will uh, agree with you with the pronunciation. Okay. Um, okay. Good. But yeah, I know some people were unhappy when they heard that we're going to talk about Russell Brand. So I assure you, as of now, we're only planning to do it on the next four shows uh, today and tomorrow's uh, daily objectives and the reality show today and tomorrow as well. Um, yeah, it is. Wait, wait, Razi, but I think this is important. Why would people be upset about it? The Me Too movement cast a wide net. It took in some guilty folks, but some. Uh, but some innocent folks as well. And we have two extremes, two extreme camps sort of defining the terms for this thing, uh, of which we are not in those camps. So I think it's important that we start helping to define this argument out there. Yeah. And the fact that the Me Too movement included in it, uh, you know, accusations of, of real, uh, you know, of rape on the one hand and of, you know, some guy was hitting on me and I wasn't interested, essentially, on the other hand, uh, this Russell Brand story, especially the documentary, I know you couldn't watch it because you're not in the UK, uh, but basically it, it, you know, it brings that all into one story about one person. We'll get to that as well. I also don't want to, uh, you know, assume anything one way or the other. It, it is it is a, a Me Too uh, kind of documentary, but that doesn't mean he's innocent. We don't know. Uh, but uh, but anyway, yeah, I, Russell Brand is such a fascinating character that I thought because we're going to be talking about him for a while, we can start with a little bit about him, you know, the the history of, I've been, uh, you know, I wouldn't say following his career, but aware of, of him, uh, you know, for nearly 20 years, he's been famous for, for longer than that. I mean, I, I remember when I was first watching him on TV, thinking how witty and intelligent he is. And I, I thought he was a, a great comedian. There was a bit too much left-wing humor in his comedy routine back then for me to really fully enjoy it but it, you know on the other hand he was he was talented um so uh and there are some interesting stories from from his past you know outside of the stories we've heard in recent days you know the uh, uh i think his first uh, job on television or in television was in mtv and he was <laughs> fired from that job uh, do you know this story? I don't know if our audience knows no, it anyway. No. He was fired from that job on September 12, 2001, when he showed up to work dressed as Osama bin Laden. Uh, oh, my so, God. Yeah, so he had his, uh, you know, his his sense of humor, which was, it, it was always on the shocking, uh, you know, side and uh, or attempting to shock, attempting successfully in, in that case, uh, you know, successfully enough that he... Uh, got fired. He he, years later got fired from uh, his job on BBC Radio when he uh, called. 
uh, is it Andrew Sachs, Daniel? You can check the, if I'm right about the name, the, the guy from Faulty Towers and, uh, and got the answering machine and then left a message saying that he had sex with his granddaughter because, you know, apparently that was true. Uh, so, so, and, and the BBC received tens of thousands of complaints and uh, he got fired. Uh, so, yeah, he, he's, he's had a fascinating life and career uh, and is in the middle of a fascinating storm right now. Well, I mean, it's one thing to be shocking. Uh, comedians can often be that, but to have such bad taste and to be so out of touch with um, appropriateness <laughs> um, or with reason, uh, it, it, perhaps these allegations are, are touching on something deeper uh, in his life, um, a streak of irrationality, perhaps. What, what say you to this? You know more about his career than I do. This guy's gone from, from host to comedian to wellness counselor now, right? So he sort of has a, a show that's geared around wellness. And he's a, a very open, he's been fairly open about his promiscuity and his immorality, immor I don't really necessarily rate the, relate the two, but immorality, uh, drug abuse, uh, you know, so he clearly has a, a irrational past. Um, what say you, how does this all I mean, connect? He has an irrational present as well, and I'm guessing an irrational future. Uh, yeah, but he was a drug addict, and and uh, you know he went to rehab, and he uh, you know was no longer a drug addict, and then he uh, openly said that he was a sex addict, and he was kind of celebrating that for a while, and it was you know it was nothing nothing there was uh, unknown about that. Like he was very very open, uh, as he says in his response video, he was very open about it, um, and. Uh, yeah, whatever you think of that, you know, that as long as it's consensual, that is not actually a crime. Uh, and um, sleeping with multiple women, which was his uh, was, was his thing. It was mentioned in the um, uh, the documentary as well. Uh, people who worked with him said that he would have, you know, basically women picked out of the audience of shows that he was hosting uh, or, you know, in his comedy tour. Uh, but yeah, none of that... Uh, as I mentioned, none of that at that point would be a crime. So, I mean, the Me Too movement was about power differentials and exploiting uh, people in a, a higher level of power, exploiting those uh, underneath them, um, right? I mean, but but this seems a little different. If he's picking, if he's picking women out of a uh, out of a audience, basically. Um, like like some celebrities have, they go to a club, they they pick women out, they get people to go bring them over, and the women are willing participants in a transaction with with the celebrity. Um, that's not the same thing as uh, the Me Too movement, where somebody's lording their power over another person. I, I've 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 actually heard fans say, "I there's a power differential between us because I'm a celebrity, they're a fan," and they they imply that that. That somehow um, I have some power over their will or choice or uh, happiness because um, I'm in a, a different socioeconomic position than them. Do you think these power dynamics apply to a, a comedian, a woman in an audience or in a club? I mean, I think the B2 movement always had that problem with uh, really, uh, you know, the, the essence of it is... Uh, 
the essence of the, the package deal there is that you're assuming that women, uh, you know, even when they consent, they might not really be, uh, uh, you know, aware of or, or fully in control of what they're doing, which I think, yeah, the Me Too movement, I I thought it, you know, it, it sounded offensive to women, uh, the way I uh, uh, saw a lot of what was going on there. And I think some of this uh, I've seen in the documentary as well, um, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, but there was one uh, one person who was working for him who said, uh, when he was um, hosting a show called, I, I think this was when he was hosting a show called Big Brother's Big Mouth, which was a Big Brother commentary show uh, on Channel 4, which also aired the documentary. So, uh, yeah, that, that you know, women would be picked out of the audience, uh, given his hotel room number or whatever, and then would complain to the production team that he said he'd call them back and didn't. Now again, that that's you know an asshole move, but not not legally binding. You know, uh, not a verbal contract that is legally binding. As far as I know, James Valiant will be talking about this stuff tomorrow. So uh, if I'm wrong, he will correct me. Uh, but yeah, and and that's also the true. That's that's the same. Uh, the same thing applies to you know him showing up dressed as Osama bin Laden, him uh, leaving that that voice message. I mean, he's yeah. You can be shocking without being an asshole, but you can also be shocking while being an asshole. And I think he he chose the Latin path, and uh, it it has worked for him. You know, his success grew even from firing to firing. You know, he at some point became a a movie star of sorts in the U.S. He hosted the Video Music Awards and uh, and pissed people off there uh which you know worked for him so and, and actually it, it raises the question of how this will go uh if he's not going to jail uh will what will this do to his career which is an interesting thing that we'll see in the future well nowadays infamy and fame are the same uh we we don't consider fame to be linked with virtue at all anymore so it's it, it's likely to propel them even higher and you know what it's sort of like a negative feedback loop i guess when when you when you are behaving one way and you find a great deal of success by behaving that way and you continue to do it and, and um so he hasn't had any real incentive to change even though he's sort of changed on the outside he's found god so to speak in spirituality and a I guess, uh, some form of philosophical guidance to help him navigate his various addictions. What, you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's uh, uh, if it's God, but it's as, as mystical. Uh, so he, you know, at some point, um, he started doing uh, less and less, uh, he started being less and less funny and more and more political in the UK. And uh, I, I remember specifically in the 2015 election, thinking maybe he's not as smart as I used to think he is because he did an interview where he said, you know, I've never voted and he explained why people shouldn't vote. Later on, during that election uh, uh, cycle, he uh, uh, did an event with Ed Miliband, the then leader of the uh, Labour Party who was running for prime minister, said people should vote for him. At some point, he said people should vote for the Green Party. So he endorsed two parties and not voting in the same election. Uh, so a a has never been a for Russell Brand. Uh, you know he was he's always and, and and you know since then since then he has moved to what I guess is now somehow the right. Uh, but the the absolute worst elements of it. Uh, so you know he's 
uh, heavily into conspiratorial thinking. He's uh, now buddying up with, uh, I was watching last night, I the things I do in, you know, researching for shows. I watched some of his interview with Tucker Carlson um, uh, last month. Uh, yeah, which is, it, it was painful, uh, but, you know. And he's implying, th- he's implying that some of these charges are are a concerted effort on the part of the establishment media to take him down because he's become anti-establishment. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, you know, even even before this, when you look at the things he says about the media, and I'm not a fan of, of the media, I would love you know, for us uh, here to replace them uh, in some way in the future. But it's so, it's like, you know, thinking people might be lying to you is uh, um, good in a sense. You need to, you need to actually pay attention and see if, uh, if uh, people are trustworthy, but it, it goes into, this is the problem with conspiratorial thinking. It goes into certain assumptions, like you, you, have answers to questions that you don't actually have and you make them up out of nothing. Okay, so this person, you know, they're funded by so-and-so, which is what, you know, you have advertisers on your channel. We also have advertisers on our channel. You know, teachers get paid, people get paid for their jobs. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, that you, you know, that everything you're you're basically somebody's puppet, no matter who you you are essentially, because ultimately everybody is, uh, you know, somebody's writing their signing their checks well one presumes especially nowadays if if somebody's paying somebody they're promoting an ideology right so there's there's got to be some sort of concert there's got to be some sort of agreement um on some level between the advertiser and the person that they're that they're working with right Don't, don't you think there is that I mean, uh, lately, know, I, especially in the last, especially in the last few years, if you listen to Dennis Prager, he only advertises products he believes in. They only advertise with respect to the fact that he's a conservative radio host. It's becoming more of a thing now that advertisers are aligning themselves and corporations are aligning themselves with political ideologies and supporting those by either withholding or uh, or, or promoting, uh, you know, m- money. Right. In a sense, I mean, yeah, if Dennis Prager is actually reading an ad, you would assume he, uh, you know, he wouldn't read anybody's ad. We we have advertisers whose ads we read. You know, if if Prager wanted to uh, uh, do an ad on our on our show promoting uh, God or whoever he imagines is uh, controlling the world, then then we would say no. So, um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, I I visit the U.S. uh, frequently and I, I watch some Fox news and I watch some MSNBC and I see the same companies advertising, you know, so are they, is, is it really this sort of, uh, uh, you know, secret groups meeting somewhere deciding how they're going to control. And, and again, uh, this is very insulting to the viewers who, uh, you know, Russell brand and his kind of people assume can't, uh, decipher, uh, what, it's, what but it's told. it's hard it's hard for guys like Russell Brand, who's a socialist, to understand the concept of like spontaneous order and the concept that people of like minds sort of congregate and they're not in a deliberate conspiracy, but they're of like minds and they're and they do create a sort of establishment that is a closed system. Um, but it's not conspiratorial in the sense that they're they're um, directly trying to uh, you know with one another 
figuring out a plan uh, where they can promote this these ideas. It's just that they hang out with each other. Birds of a feather flock together, and they think alike, and and they promote the things that they all think are so. I mean, yeah, we do that too. We uh, we talk, we plan, we try to promote a certain set of ideas. Uh, you know, forty two people are in our live chat right now, which we really appreciate. Uh, I'd love for it to be you know forty two thousand or or whatever, but but people uh people can still listen and uh, and decide what you know uh what what they agree with what they believe and you know there is there is a point that uh when i was watching this documentary i was thinking about um so uh ankar gate and uh nikos did a um new idea live on the ayn rand institute's uh, youtube channel about the documentary what is a woman and i i think anybody who hasn't seen that um that analysis should watch it. I thought it was great. Uh, I, Nikos and I did something on our channel. I definitely agree with Ankar more than I agree with myself, uh, having watched that. But uh, one thing I remember uh, Dr. Gate saying is uh, that he doesn't consider it a documentary because it's basically telling you what to think. It's it's telling you what conclusion you need to come to, which is true. Uh, but documentaries all have a perspective and are all exactly. trying to lead you down roads. Some just do it less, uh, less obviously. Exactly, and and that's that's what I was thinking when he was saying that, and that's now in the back of my mind when I watch documentaries. And and this one definitely told you what to think. Uh, it it told you what it, it was. Very little of the eighty minutes was the details of what uh, crimes Russell Brand allegedly committed. It was. Uh, his stand-up, uh, the the sexual parts of of his stand-up, him talking about sex, uh, um, you know, and, and uh, people talking about how obsessed with sex he is. So it was uh, it was very much about his, his the kind of person that everybody back then knew he was, and then a little bit of uh, you know what he's being accused of. So so yeah, I had a problem with the documentary again. I I. I want ARC UK to be the the you know the unique uh, uh place in in terms of our commentary on this in that uh, I see you know the me too movement doing the whole hashtag believe her he's been accused therefore he's guilty uh I see the Andrew Tates of the world thinking okay he's he's been accused therefore he must be innocent uh we actually don't know none of us were there um I, I think we should you know look at it and uh, uh try to try to you know understand whatever we we can from it and of course because he is being accused of a crime the police will uh now investigate and he will either be convicted or he will be acquitted and uh that's that's the good thing about uh the system we have still have uh thank god um we have some super chats here jonathan honig from 999 thank you sir Regina for two euros. Thank you, Regina, for watching. Ashley Shrug for $1.99. Glad to be a, uh, a, of a, a bird of a feather with the objectivist movement. I had to translate a, 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 a literal sign there. Um, yes, uh, likewise, Ashley. Uh, great to have you there. She's, she's putting out reality check t-shirts and hoodies for anybody who's interested in that uh, merchandise. You should be. Uh, and you should be wearing them around so that people say, what is Reality Check by Mark Pellegrino? And then they come to the YouTube channel and uh, and view that. Um, so 
so this uh, Russell Brand, he, he likes determinism. People are puppets on strings. People are being moved by forces outside of themselves. And it seems like he has acted that way in his own life. He's moved by these forces that he can't really control, his addictions, his sexuality. Um, and, and, and now the, uh, the forces of the establishment are against him because somehow he's found himself in a position to be aligned against them. So, I mean, uh, where do we go from here? Yeah, and, and it should be mentioned again, like, yeah, there are people who uh, will use their, uh, their, you know, access to whatever, you know, in the media to, to harm somebody for whatever reason. So this investigation, uh, they said it has been going on for a year or two years. They interviewed more than 300 people uh, who were somehow, um, you know, involved or, or knew, knew, uh, knew him or whatever. Uh, in in that context, I would put the fact that uh, yeah, the, the accusation, the, the accusers, you know, there, there are four of them, uh, all of whom you know admitted to consensual relationships with him. One of whom was uh, sixteen, and I think he was thirty at the time. So that's the kind of problematic one. But for our U.S. audience, sixteen is the age of consent in the U.K. So that was definitely not a statutory rape situation if if it was consensual. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, uh, she also she also made the point that she thinks you know uh, the age of consent shouldn't be that low. Uh, so there were there were things there with her, and at the, at the end of the documentary, they also revealed that she works for Channel Four. So um, there there are questions about for me that came up watching that documentary about the documentary uh, filmmakers. But again, that that's not. It's not on us to uh, to acquit him or convict him. No, but it's up to us to discuss this in great detail, which we're going to do on the reality show coming up at 6 p.m. UK time. We are going to be discussing uh, Russell Brand and the sexual allegations, I think, more thoroughly than we're doing here. But we also got a couple more topics that are interesting, uh, especially for folks in the U.S. Um, and um, yeah, OK, so um, I think maybe we should we should sum up what we're what what we're getting out of this uh conversation so far um yeah i think uh you know will uh we'll, remains to be seen whether or not he's guilty of the crimes he's being accused of uh in terms of uh, his ideas he's definitely guilty of holding bad ones uh different bad ones throughout his life but <laughs> the, the one thing that he's consistent on is uh, yeah, as you mentioned, being irrational. Uh, of course, we are here to uh, advocate for people to think otherwise. And uh, hopefully Russell Brand is watching right now and maybe will, uh, uh, you know, join us uh, on a different uh, journey if he is. Why do I, why, why do I doubt that, Razi? Uh, he might be busy nowadays, but, but you know, who knows? Uh, we don't know exactly who the 44 people watching live right now. He might be one of them. And uh, if he, if he is watching or for anybody else watching uh, for, Ayn Rand Center UK members at the Midas Mulligan level, which is our most expensive uh, level. It is 500 pounds a month. So very few people, we are, we know very few people can afford it. I believe Russell Brand could afford it. Uh, we have uh, we have many things uh, that are exclusive for that level, but this Saturday we have the first monthly session uh, of monthly philosophical consulting session with Harry Binswanger. Um, 
So, Mr. Brandt, if you're watching, uh, you know, this is especially a good time. To, What's uh, the difference between a philosophical counseling session and, say, a a session with a psychotherapist? Uh, so, Dr. Binswanger uh, can't prescribe any drugs, uh, but he is Dr. Harry Binswanger. So, uh, I think that 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 kind wait, of wait, wait. So is Jill Biden. Jill Biden is a doctor. And oh, okay, never mind. The, the but joke. We don't. We the, don't the have joke The joke flew by like a lead balloon. <laughs> well, we don't have philosophical consulting with Jill Biden yet uh, for our members, okay. but we will. Uh, we will see if we can get her for uh, for future future. Um, I'd buy that for a dollar. Okay, that's a quote from a movie. Do you know what movie that's from? Do I know? Yes, do you know? Classic 80s, mm, I guess you could call it, it's not horror, but close to horror, like thriller, action. Robocop, I told you before you uh, oh. before you had it. Yes. Well, I wouldn't have guessed it. I may have actually seen that. I don't watch many movies. I did watch, I mentioned to you, I watched The Big Lebowski and it took me a moment to recognize you. Uh, <laughs> relatively recent but uh well i've aged in the last 20 years well Rosie, this has been interesting you taught me a little bit about russell brand's early career now we're going to carry this over to the reality show and talk about the allegations themselves and how we should approach it as how we should approach this whole movement this whole me too movement um as rational beings um anything further to say or can i give us the big sign off uh, yeah, well, we have, uh, yeah, our viewers have a three minute uh, break until our next so show. So uh, enjoy and we'll see you there. Get your get your coffee, folks. Get whatever you're drinking. Sit down, uh, turn turn on that computer and watch the beauty unfold before your eyes. Until that time, folks, always remember to check your premises. Peace.